0: And now, here's Chad Brinkley and Marie Roberts with the Education, Innovation, and Technology podcast. Hello,
1: hello, everyone, and welcome to Season 3, Episode 5 of the Education, Innovation, and Tech Podcast. I am joined today with our fabulous co-host, Mr. Chad Brinkley, and I am Marie Roberts. And in addition to that, I'm going to pitch it over to Chad at this point because we have some very surprising and exciting things happening in this episode that you're going to want to stick around for. So with that, I'm going to turn it over to Chad and let him introduce our amazing guest.
0: Hello, hello. It's going to be a great, great episode. I could tell you that right now. The excitement um, is in the air. Yeah. I'm not even a time traveler and I could tell you how good this is going to be. I mean, like it's not even, it's it's just a no brainer. It's a done deal, but we have a very special guest today. Someone who's in the last year has meant a lot to me, um, and my journey on the things that I'm trying to work on and think about and, and kind of the direction that I want to take my thoughts and my career and my pursuits. And, uh, we want to welcome Miss Susanna Johnson and who is, who is like i got a lot of things going on but how i met her and i'm going to have her i'm going to introduce her and have her uh tell us what she does but i met um susanna in the uh as the host of of just about everything running the show at the what school (laughs) what school could be community that i have that i've joined and that marie is a part of as well and um i was able i i was so anxious to join this community. And uh, Susanna just reached out and was so helpful and so encouraging and just let's talk about things and whatever. So Susanna, we're so happy to have you on our podcast. We had a little bit of a timing deal with daylight savings and oh, by the way, Marie, Susanna lives in paradise in in Hawaii, so you know we're not jealous
1: can, at all about that. No, fact not
0: jealous at all. Not, <laughs> not at, all. at all. Not so, the fact that
1: I'm on spring break right now. You'll be on spring break next week, and we will neither one be in paradise for that. Right,
0: right, right, right. Yeah, and so she has to go on the she has to go away to be to not be in paradise. So, Susanna, welcome to the podcast, and um tell us, uh, you know, it, tell us kind of what your role is. um I mean, we'll get into what school could be, but I want to know. You have done so many things, you, you've got global, go, global reach and so many initiatives and things that you work on. Just tell us a little bit about who you are and and uh, how you came to be at What School Could Be.
2: Wow. Well, already this is the most fun I've had all week, so I'm so grateful <laughs> to be here. Thank you guys. <laughs> you say paradise, but I feel like I need to come um, be where you are more often. Yeah.
0: Um, come on
2: other thing before i get into you know me and and where where i'm coming from i just want to make sure it's really clear there's a whole team of people doing amazing things and so the what school could be community is is definitely my first and foremost favorite project right now and it's a direct result of all the work that ted Dintersmith has been doing for many years um since most likely to succeed and before that sir ken robinson who is our collective hero for sure Mm -hmm. um that we all (laughs) we worked
1: in the skr reference in the first five minutes of the episode yes
2: (laughs) 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 <laughs> <laughs> you gotta get at least a few in um every single time but he worked closely with ted on building the what school could Be community um prior to getting started just over a year ago um we're at sixty four hundred people today so it's a pretty fast um growing connection of people talking about education which is great but um let's see Susanna and how she came to it is sort of a <laughs> I was, I was thinking through this conversation and like how I even got here. And I think I started my path to where I am now when I was very young and in school and hated almost every second of it, because <laughs> if I wasn't bored out of my mind, I was causing trouble. And I think I was causing trouble because I was bored out of my mind and things weren't relevant to me. And by the time I was even, you know, gosh, really, really young. but it, But for sure, by the time I was in high school, I had gone to the head of my English department and my principal and said, I need to make my own English class because I've already taken them all, I'm already well beyond. I read all the time I've written like what I need to do is I want to be studying authors that you're not we're not studying that nobody's teaching. can I just make my own class? And so when I think about my journey to what matters to me in education and what I came to in, the, in this whole world of, of education, it comes from that place of knowing that, sometimes purposeful learning and authentic deeper learning comes from a place of just curiosity and desire. And it certainly wasn't because somebody else was saying and it was because I was such a voracious reader and writer that I wanted to do more and kind of expand my horizons in that work. So so that's where it all started from. I actually did not start out in education. I went um, a whole different route. I was in the uh, world of physiology and the business world for over a decade. And along the way, um, found myself in roles where I was coaching other coaches and instructors and my teams, my staff. And when I got the opportunity to move into education, because as Hawaii, like many states often suffers from teacher shortages. And so I came in under an emergency hire in 2007. So when I switched into teaching, it was like, everything changed within the first day of me being in a classroom i was like oh this is where i was supposed to be the whole time and i give credit to man john sosa who took a chance to hire me and bring me into a classroom even though i didn't have experience and since 2007 i'm a little bit like what i'm understanding marie you're like too which is just cannot stop learning cannot stop growing constantly taking classes got my masters um, in instructional leadership in 2016 and everything that I have been doing in the classroom, as well as since my, my work of leaving the classroom has to do with living in a world of better thinkers. That's my yes. reason for getting out of bed in the morning. And so I work closely with the Foundation for Critical Thinking on all of their practices. And Richard Paul, Dr. Richard Paul and Dr. Linda Elder are the, um, the seminal writers and workers there. And once I came to that work, it really made sense to me that it doesn't matter what we're doing. If we're teaching something as important as thinking or curiosity or creativity or any of that stuff, when we're teaching problem solving, that's it. Because then you're learning forever. Once you learn how to learn, you're learning forever. Um, I also had the great fortune that most of my career was at a school called Assets High School here in Honolulu. And the school is actually built around students who have learning challenges but are also quite um, Talented and, and smart, right? Like, so mm-hmm. they can, it's just a question they learn differently, which side note, everybody learns differently. Nice. Nice. <laughs> and we know that all the neuroscience tells us all of that now, but this school really um, taught me about meeting students where they are, about the differentiation process, which leads into personalization. And then what I did over my time, which is building up individualized learning practices. And so by the time I left the classroom in 2019, I had developed and implemented a 100% individualized curriculum program where students were building their own curriculum, their own syllabus, their own plans, their own critical thinking questions and paths, their own evidence of learning, what's it going to look like, all of that work for themselves for credit for all the classes. So everything from math and science and English courses to robotics and holistic sciences and practices, like just everything you can think of. I was, I was learning alongside students as just their coworker in learning.
0: What an amazing, I mean, that is such a touching and inspiring path because, because I, I know that my path to where I am is a lot related to the school experience that I had. Mm -hmm. And, and the challenges and the successes, I mean, it's, it's not all just driven by our challenges or, or what we felt was difficult, but it's also attributed to our successes and the people who championed us, the people who gave us opportunities and who encouraged us to, to, to try something or to be something that we didn't imagine that we could be. And for you to go from creating your own, I need to make my own curriculum to finding your way through, through the, you know, whatever life is and how it is to being able to facilitate that for students in their interest and in their things, that is like, I mean, you can't ask for a better path and a a better journey than that. I I would think, I mean, that would be like the most fulfilling thing to say, you know, here was a kid like me that I've been able to kind of almost unintentionally not even planned to be here, but, if I can create that space and that that thing for this kid, that is, uh, that's an amazing, amazing path.
2: I appreciate that. And um, I think it meant a lot that I was actually in the real world prior to being in the classroom. I think students really needed to know that what I was saying was relevant to what they were going to be thinking about and doing when they were out in the real world. Um, but you're right in terms of the the inspirational part of it. Um, one of my former students is now teaching at the school where I was and he and I wow. are close and, oh, and wow. seeing that, that connection. And he came from a pretty frustrated place about education. And the fact that he chose to come into it after everything he did is really, that is inspiring because it shows that he found his way. He found his own sense of, purpose with learning which is you know what we all are hoping for with when it comes to the education stuff yeah so leaving the classroom was not easy because that is it's the it's the heart and soul it, it makes it really great but choosing to do that in 2019 it had to do with taking all of these individualized learning practices and everything I had done I was getting a lot of requests for you know other projects and just being out in the world and just knowing that where we need to go in education um, you know I could work with you know, hundred and something students at a time or I could help other educators work with thousands of students at a time and so since leaving the classroom in 2019 I've been a part of several big projects including the What School Could Be initiative and it really is amazing to see and be able to be part of these conversations where educators feel like we do all the time where we want to make it better for students because of our own experiences but also we know that there are better paths and we've seen it so let's let's figure this out together let's keep moving forward together let's keep inspiring each other together and so that's been the most fun is to be able to have those connections and conversations with people all over the world
0: well amazing. and 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 i you know marie you hop in and, and push me down whenever <laughs> you have a question, but. But what you said, you know, I think, I think there's a real power in what you just said about having that, having that bigger picture of your reach, because one of the things that I've, I've encouraged, you know, I I get a a lot of people, a lot of teachers will say, you know, I've got this opportunity to move into a a facilitator's role, or I've got an opportunity outside of the building or whatever. And they're like, I just hate to leave my kids. And I'm like, but. You're exactly the person that could that could impact thousands instead of 30. You know, and and by doing that, you're gonna take that. And that's a message that I don't think enough people hear and understand correctly. I think that it's like, you know, because I feel like they feel there's a lot of times, oh, I feel like I'm gonna let people down, or, you know, I just love it so much. And it's it's kind of a comfort thing and and to push yourself to do something new, but that's how you got to be awesome and where you are they, you know, I mean, like it's, it's continuing that journey. So, mm-hmm. so, you know, Marie, number three, ask kind of lead us into that, that question, because we've gotten how we've got this document that we're going by. That's why I'm calling out numbers. Just, you know, here's a little <laughs> behind the scenes for, for,
2: <laughs> for all the most, for all the most
0: behind the scenes, people we're like, just how do they pull this masterpiece off? We have a cheat sheet and, and Marie, will you take number three, please? <laughs>
1: Okay. Well, so, (laughs) right. Okay. But here's the thing I want to echo really quick right now. And so Chad and Susanna have shared that they were kind of the outsiders, right? They had, it didn't work for them. The system was not compatible with where they wanted to be. And so they took it upon themselves to try and change it. I actually fall on the other end of that spectrum where I got so good at playing the game I became the serial student. You hand me the rubric, you hand me the bullet points, I can regurgitate it left and right. You need me to photograph memory, you know, do rote memorization and spit it back to you within a standardized test a week later? Sure, boo, I got you, right? And I think that's where the problem was, is because we have now. I hate to say cultured education and becoming that way. And so that actually really wor- really well leads into kind of where I want to head with this, because our ideas of what learning is, of what education can be, of where we're headed, I think it's going to vary based on each person's experience and where they come from and, and, and how they were how they went through school, right? How you went through school might look very different from how I went through school. So I would love to hear what do you consider learning to be, or how would you actually define learning um, for our listeners? And, and maybe we can kind of have a good conversation about what does
2: learning look like? So to me, it's the hardest question. There's no way I could give an actual definition. Oh yeah. I, for sure, I, I went, for sure. yeah, I saw the questions and I was like, I thought about trying to write and I was like, no, no, because that's not how it really is. Learning is always in the moment and learning is dynamic. And that is, you know, again, coming back around to the neuroscience, we know for sure that it's constantly evolving and changing. And that's, I think the trouble with some of the, Expectations or, or the cultures I appreciate, I think it is a cultured thing of like you can learn how to learn or you can learn how to do school. Yes. And those are two very different things. Yes. And so, and doing school involving all those things that you just mentioned is really um, learning can happen, but it's a hopeful maybe it happens as a result of those things versus active dynamic learning where you're thinking, you're growing, you're questioning, you're incorporating the thinking practices, you are using it as an opportunity to inform what's next in your learning it's an it's a, a never-ending constantly evolving human growth mindset. it's a
1: cycle yeah
2: mm-hmm. well yeah. It, and
1: i think that's where we always come back to in the same way that the beautiful worksheet from 10 years ago is not dynamic no more so than a fancy app on an iPad is necessarily dynamic. Neither are what we're saying is what we're advocating for here. And I think that's one of the, the, the things we want you to take away f- specifically from this episode and from what we've been talking a lot about in season three is really what is learning and where are we trying to go with it?
0: Well, and we we're quick to say we're quick to, I mean, we're all advocates for making school a, a different reality for all of our students. But Marie is a great example of who can actually, I mean, it does work for some people. I mean, like yeah. you said, like you said, Susanna, learning can take place and does take place at times. And, and that is, you know, Marie almost, almost proves, you know, she almost makes the, makes the argument for the other side. You know, you see somebody like Marie come through the system and go, look, she's great at taking tests. She's great at doing all this stuff. She she makes all the, so what is, what's the problem with the thing? You know, what's the problem with the deal? Look at Marie. I mean, but, but then you look at me and you're just like, you know, I've, i I made a career out of school unintentionally. You know, it's just like, I went to school for six years and barely have a bachelor's degree. It's, I mean, like, it's, it's a, it's a whole different thing. So yeah. I think that, I think that by defining learning as, as an individual thing, it, it really helps. It really helps us see what we're doing. And and part of this this other thing I was just thinking too is with this with this community that we have of all of these people, like you referenced earlier, Susanna, of, of this community of people who all have this belief that we can make it different, we can change it, whatever. What I love about it is we all are not saying we can all change it to this one thing, right? Because mm-hmm. you said we all learn different. I mean, and that's one of my favorite lines in and most likely to succeed where Larry Rosenstock says, this is not how to, when he talks about passing the bar and, and how he studied for the bar exam, he's like, this is not, I'm not saying this is how to do it. This is how I did it. Everybody Mm -hmm. learns differently. And so what's amazing to me is this massive community of people who all have this shared belief that it could be more individualized, more, more prescriptive to each individual person. But, Not one specific recipe, not one specific formula, like it's a it's a wide variety of things for a wide variety of people. I think that to me, because it's easy for us to say it needs to change. And then we go, well, what is the specific thing you want to change it to?
1: We're not writing a <laughs> prescription pad for it. Right. That's We're right. not replacing one standardized <laughs> right. system with another. We might even say, hey, look, it, I mean, I'm going to be honest, the standardized system might work for some folks. We're not saying you necessarily have to change it for everyone. You might want to keep some of those components that are working well for some. If that's, you know, if there's some accountability measures that have to take place, you know, I'm okay with that fact. But what I'm interested to see is what does a community I mean and Susanna you're you're interacting with these you know 6,000 plus people in this community what does that look like what is the collective mindset of where we want to be what are some of the the most popular suggestions for how to make school better and taking into account our concept of learning is individualized it's dynamic it's a cycle it's not um, it's not standard for
2: any one person I'm gonna do my best to combine both of those questions. Like the observable, like what does it look like? What does good learning look like? Or what does the future of learning look like? Plus, um, you know, how we how we start to connect some of these things. And it, it all comes down to the examples. It absolutely is what I've seen, you know, worldwide, right? So um, just yesterday I had the opportunity to have a couple of conversations. And the first one was with, um, in a game changer conversation in the community with the folks from MIT who made this film called Do Something Better. And it's really about the equity questions and having these conversations. And they've created this um, free set of, it's a short film, it's only 35 minutes and um, questions and resources to go along with it for everybody for free. And they hope that schools will take and start to use in faculty meetings and stuff, having actual direct, honest conversations about race and about what that looks like. And I know that that's, it's immediately a hot button situation, but what that, it, what the example is for me here is, they saw a need um, based on the research that was happening at MIT and like how this is affecting things. Because as we talk about what worked for Marie versus what didn't work for Chad or Susanna or whatever, that there's just, there's so many people that are left out of all of these mindsets and processes. And so we have to figure out a way to make sure that we've got this equitable piece in place where it's, nobody is left out of education because they don't do it the way that we've always done it a way that other people think it should be done. And I think that's a pretty major mind mind shift that we have to have as a, a whole community, especially in our society in America, we've really got to think about this, that we can't have other people deciding what works for you to learn, right? You have to decide what works for you to learn. And As a young person, a very young person, even small children, they know what works best for them. You know, if we ask students like what what gets you excited or what's been fun or how does this work or when you're doing something new, how do you like to do it? They will tell you how they can learn and what is the best path forward for them. And so we've just got to make more space for those listening conversations. And the other thing is, you know, when it, what does good learning look like? Second example from yesterday was this team um, brought to us by the the UK Next Gen team and deeper learning detail series with our academy that we're doing with them. They brought this group in from Butler Tech. This is career and technology education. This is technical education, right? So this is people getting um, experience doing programming, working on cars, you know, all the different things, all the great work that we need and that everybody needs we you know we have a huge underemployment problem right now and so they're just it's a real experience but seeing the students in both of those examples in the the video clips and the films and the conversations seeing how the students are reacting to it they are excited about what they're doing they feel connected to it they feel seen and heard and they feel purposeful and driven and motivated to do the learning and to do the work same thing with the group that i worked with um with uh, an organization that Yang Zhao is a part of in China and did some entrepreneurial education last year. These are middle school students that were doing work that was based around their community, but purposeful and learning entrepreneurial practices. And they were very excited. We didn't, you don't have to get those students or try to pull them along in the process. They're excited. They're ready to go. They want to do what it is that is in front of them because of how Connected and purposeful and engaged it is. We're That's gonna have a-, a big truck in a second, so I'm gonna let you guys jump in here for a minute. Okay. <laughs> yeah. All right.
0: No worries. Well, um, it's funny that you. I mean, it's it's so funny that you say that because there was a um, there's a couple things that that I wanted to share with you guys that because I, I wanted to kind of bring this up and you kind of touched on it. I was walking through hallway of a school today, and uh, two teachers, great, you know, fun teachers standing in the hall and they're visiting and, and, uh, a colleague and I walked up and we're like, I was like, Hey, what's going on. And they're like, Oh, we're solving the problem. We're solving the world problems. And I was like, I was like, both of them. I was like, you're solving both problems right now. You know? And we kind of laughed and, uh, and they, and, and one of them said, (laughs) one of them said to me, she's like, what do you think? What do you think the problem is? She was, what of the two, pro- what do you think the biggest problem is? I was like, well, I don't know. And she said, you know, without trying to get into stuff, she goes, Biden. Mm. And I said, I said, no, absolutely no, not. No, no. I said, I said, there's I no said,
2: one person that is causing all the, right, in right, the right. I said, I said, I <laughs>
0: mean, because apparently they were having an issue in their grade that day, today. And I said, I said, no, absolutely not. I was like, if, do you really want me to answer that question? And she's like, yeah. I was like, here's what everyone's problem is they need to, they want to be seen, they want to be heard, they want to be valued, they want to be respected and understood.
2: Yeah.
1: That whole thing, though, it made me think about our last episode when we were talking about the most likely to succeed follow up. When Brian is watching what's happening, and he said, "I didn't realize how much I was being cared
0: for." That's right. what
1: I heard. That's what people want. They want to right. be cared for.
0: Well, and 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 I said that. I mean, and it's what you just said, Susanna. But you know, when whenever I said that, both of them just looked at me and just said, "Oh yeah," and I was like, "I was like, if you want to know." why your kid is acting this way or why they're having this struggle or what we're dealing with, what we're dealing, answer those questions for those kids. Do you see them? Do you hear them? Have you list? Have you asked the question? Have you done those things? Because that will lead to the learning, the learning for the teacher, the learning for the student. Because if I'm, if my opinion and my style and my thoughts are valued and my curiosity is respected and my, and my questions are heard, well, then, then all of a sudden we've created this space for learning. We've created this, this thing. And, and to that example, I I want to just share something cool. That's really happened. We've got a group of kids who are at a competition right now um, for the East initiative, which is, which is where you use technology and innovation to impact your community. And um, one of our seniors, he decided for his project, he, he, um, he has a drone and he, Went and and did drone videos. Did I did, have I talked about this Marie? Anyway, he I did I talked about it last week, didn't I? But let me tell you what happened. So this is cool, <laughs> Susanna. I don't care. It's my podcast, right? <laughs> so anyway, so he went he went and did these uh, videos around nature trails and along lakes and different places around our community, and made VR goggles, made VR videos that people could watch, and is working with our local nursing home for the, for the residents in the nursing home to be able to go on virtual walks and go on trails and do things that they've, they're not able to do anymore. And, and the late, the director of the nursing home caught our teacher who's facilitating, who's created this amazing space, caught her in the store the other day and said, we need more videos. These people are loving it and we need more and we need you to do more of that. And I'm just like, that's the learning that we're after. The learning and, that, it's and the learning. humaning.
2: It's everyone's learning and it's the humaning. It's connecting, it's taking care of other people. Like one of my um, teammates today said, you know, we, we we are definitely connected by being when we care for others. That feels good to care for others, but that's true. We want to be seen and heard. We want to care for others. And we're all in this conversation now about emotion. And so when we ask the question, how do we define learning? And all of a sudden, immediately, we're in this the space of, of the emotional connection of it that's that really says something it doesn't matter whether it's tests and memorization or it's entrepreneurial learning or it's hands-on learning or it's project-based learning or it's place-based learning if you feel seen and heard and you are connected emotionally to what it is that is happening and what you're doing and feel a sense of purpose around it you're learning it's that's just the le- definition right. you're just learning <laughs> yeah well, yeah and, and in terms of like who could be a good teacher when we think about Um, you know, these the community members that are teaching, right, our mentors and, and doing apprenticeships and even jobs, right? If I'm a high school student doing a job, I learned more from my bosses when I was in high school and college than I did from most of my teachers, right? I learned a lot about what the world was like and how to do things in a real way and, and how to connect with other people. That all happens. That's still learning. And so everybody's a teacher, everybody's a learner all the time. And if we could stop putting these boxes around it, it really changes the way we have our game of of learning. Right.
0: Well, and if we can, if we could have the school experience match that work experience and not be, I mean, you know, I think you and I were in a conversation a week or so ago where, where we were talking about how, how, or this may have been in my in the group with some other folks, but we were talking about how the the school, the way we do it, we talk to kids all the time. Like, well, just wait till you get in the real world. Just wait till I mean, like the real. Right. World, like, if you like think they this are is coming hard, and going from yeah, the real world every yeah. day already. Well, and we have these things that we say like, well, if you think this is tough, the real world's gonna <laughs> kick you in the butt buddy mm-hmm. let me tell you something if you, just you wait think till this you get is out there
2: you just yeah. wait
0: till because out there well, I it's mean,
2: easier just to do your homework and show up every day <laughs> right
0: right so so what are we doing it's just like we're warning them like like well if you don't like this just wait till you're an adult you're gonna hate everything <laughs> that's basically <laughs> adding what we the
2: angst and the, and the frustration that they're <laughs> right? already feeling like you know this is not how it is right which is why we have to keep focused on the connected learning and the projects and making sure that In in terms of feeling seen and heard um, this project that I work on called personalized learning network with Gabriel Rashad out of uh, Buenos Aires, Argentina, and he's at the global school there but we um, have done a couple of student global cohorts where students are doing individualized project work with me to sort of fire up their own thinking and what matters to them and some of them are doing it in relationship to their personal lives and some were doing it in relationship to things they were working on in school it didn't matter we're we're figuring out ways to make that happen but then they also collectively came together in group projects and um, small teams and, and worked on things where they were centered around a sense of of purpose and like something that they all cared about that they shared and, of course, things related to the environment came up, but also things related to um, at the time, you know, it was early in the COVID days when we had our first cohorts and they were th- trying to think about ways to get kids to be more aware and responsive of what's happening and truth seeking and those kinds of things right. We're talking about kids from seven different countries and different time zones all over the place coming together each week and having these conversations and doing this work together. If they can do it, the rest of us can do it. Well, absolutely. And, yeah. And, and out of that, you know, like in terms of, of that connection and sense of purpose, one of the students that we were working with actually is in Canada and um, had gotten together with his family and the community and raised money and put together some stuff. They're building a small tiny house community to help with people having homes in their their area right like so they, they got a purposeful set,
1: it's purposeful
2: he was 14 at the time he's 15 now he's building a tiny home community for homeless people this is amazing <laughs> it's well, the power of what they can do that's the real world and that's something they get excited about and him going to a classroom each day that doesn't change the fact that he might still enjoy learning reading a book taking a test doing whatever I mean I don't know that anybody enjoys taking a test um even if you're good at it I'm a good test taker and I never it's not like fun. Like what, so, are, what list
1: your hobbies? I like napping and taking tests and, <laughs> yeah. and eating.
0: Studying. studying. <laughs> like, I up, love studying and
2: studying taking tests. Studying is way I like up listening to... to other people tell me things for an hour. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, I well, like being talked it, at.
0: Isn't it funny that, um, that, you know, and I, this may be redundant, but isn't it funny that we talk about how we wish we could teach kids math. We wish we could teach them to learn these things, but we never go. I wish I could teach a kid empathy. I wish I could teach a kid to care about his neighbor organically because all of those those things happen. If we were to just go over to just any elementary, I mean, and, and, you know, to SKR's point, it's it's more prevalent and it's more organic and real at the lower grade levels because we haven't. Studied and tested them out of of that creative and curious state, but you know, I mean, it's just like when we go over there, and I mean, I I saw a bunch of kids walking around today, and the teacher they were taking a walk, and the teacher was like, "Okay, everybody, wave your arm," and everybody's waving their, everybody do this. Like they, you don't have to teach them to have fun. You don't have to teach them to try. You don't have to teach them to not be self aware and and embarrassed. You don't have to teach them how to how to uh, to 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 be able to share what their ideas and thoughts are like, none of that. We don't they're have gonna, to, they're te- going to
1: tell you, if you, if you don't ask, I right. have a savage four-year-old who will let me know really quick. If they have an opinion about something, right.
0: we don't have to teach all of that stuff, but yet we end up trying to reteach that at the older grades because, because we're so focused on these other things and, and it's not. And, and again, we've said this a hundred times. It's not, the content is important and the things that we need to learn are very, very important and necessary. But but it's the it's the the separation, this divide between the the organic human person, and and what we perceive they need to be a better human person, when really it's like you just need to be the same person forever. Like you still need to have this youthful empathy and and caring and loving nature and go for it and you know, as, as, as they, you know, as the British, you know, get, have a go. I mean, like I have I love, I, they, they'll they just have a go. Right. I mean, that's what S. Kara says. Kids will just have a but go. Let right? us, and,
1: but let us teach you synthetic division so you can have a go while incorporating synthetic division. Cause you right. might need it if you're going to become an engineer. I mean, you never you know. You
0: might need it. And that's, that's, you know, I know that I, don't I just a... went on a deal, but go ahead. <laughs>
2: No, no, no. I have a a great example of that. Again, it's always about the examples and the stories. And this is the beauty of where I'm sitting in the world right now, which is getting to talk to educators all the time. Um, Ayana Verde at Verde Eco School in Melbourne, Florida is doing exactly what we're talking about. And to speak to your point of what SKR says about you know being at the younger ages and we then we drill and kill it out of them later on she is steadily expanding every year it was meant to be an elementary and then it became an elementary middle and now it's up through 10th grade and she's going to have a full school and a, and a heartbeat here because kids don't want to leave this learning environment and go somewhere else and if they do they want to come back so she's creating space for them but what here's what here's what's really cool about the school you walk on the campus first and foremost it's place-based and it's much of it is outside for them to be lucky in florida of course they can be but i know schools that do this even in canada so it's possible everywhere um but she has this great campus of where they have gardens and they are doing things with the land that they have they're taking that stuff the the fruits of their labor to market and then whatever's left over they're sharing with people in the community so there are all kinds of pieces and puzzles that you can infer out of that that we know are directly related to authentic experience but what's really great about her school is that the number one thing that they base every single thing around is empathy Mm -hmm. and when i say every single thing i don't mean that in a light way there are safe spaces all over and there are from like the very very young minds and how four five and six year olds relate to emotions and empathy and being in a feeling so a kid could be in a reading class and has a moment where something bothers them or they get upset or they feel weird or whatever they can go to one of these physical safe spaces and there are pictures as well as later on words that go along with it of like first identify how are you feeling and like emoji faces and like i'm here and like what do you need to do you want to talk do you need some time what what would make you feel good they start from the space of making kids feel safe and then they move into how do we then talk about all of our feelings and then how do we solve this problem using empathy and what was so great was that in the midst of walking around the school and seeing all these safe spaces and seeing empathy be this underlying theme everywhere we got to the space where they do math and I thought, well, okay, here we go.
0: Yeah, <laughs> what does this
1: look like in math? <laughs> it
2: was, I I'm, I'm going
1: to
0: be I honest, I would sure. need a lot of
1: safe spaces if you put me back in a math class right now.
0: <laughs> yeah.
2: Well, and I, you know, and, and all my years and all the things that I taught, I taught geometry and I was a terrible math student, but I was a great geometry teacher because I found my way in and through it and connected to different ways of learning And it. it wasn't about the book and about the formulas. It was about logic and about connecting it to how does this look in art and music and, everything else that goes along with it but anyway so i get to the space in her school with this map and there's there are these very clear things but then all of a sudden there was a kid who came up and having the conversation while she showed me around the school and actually had a question related to like this math science project that was happening but it was an emotional and they it was amazing to see the child start from this place of emotion and empathy about what was going on and The language was pervasive. It was there. They had this back and forth exchange and it was calm. It was gentle. And the kid walked away feeling good. And I was, I mean, I was almost in tears at the moment of like, really empathy in math. (laughs) It It is so pervasive. And what's, what's amazing about that is that it seems like a no-brainer. Of course, we want our kids to be kind. Of course, we want them to be empathetic. We want them to feel loved. We want them to feel seen. We want them to feel heard. But I've never been on a campus where it is so in your face and really explicitly taught. Same as why I always bring everything I do, even working with educators around the world right now, I bring it back around to critical thinking. I'm going to throw critical thinking questions at you, Chad. You've seen it on my... (laughs) Yes. Yes, I've been on the other end of that. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) There's... You have to... you have to be really clear about what is important in the moment and for you. And I know that every teacher has their, their things that they really care about that are different. If you are a sustainability person and the environment is most important to you, that should be part of everything you're doing, whether you're teaching, you know, social studies, math, English, whatever. If you are uh, somebody where critical thinking is your thing, then that's what it needs to be. But for them to have this empathy and make it really clear and visible, it's pulling back that curtain and letting every learner and everybody who walks onto that campus, every faculty member know, like, no matter what else is happening, come back to this this one thing that we all care about. It's that shared mission and vision that matters. And when I think about school leaders trying to transform their schools, yeah, there are a million things that you can try and there are a million different directions and whatever you want for your school, we're gonna help you get there. Sorry, Chucks again.
0: That's all right. (laughs) (laughs) But
2: what's most important is that everybody is on board and has decided on this together, not just district level leaders or principals, or even teachers, it should be all the stakeholders in the conversation, it should be students having this part of this conversation, it should be parents and family members and community members that's part of Chad you and I share the passion for Um, doing screenings of most likely to succeed and other movies that are related to education, having a community screening of something brings everybody together to start to think about it and then have a conversation and out of those, as we both have seen in amazing capacities, schools are able to then decide how to move forward and how to change their education based on what is best not only for the school for the administrators or for the leaders of that school but for everybody who's involved including the whole community
1: it just opens right. up that conversation so they can figure out their why i mean really that's what it comes back i think so many people just they don't know what they don't know and until right. until the community until maybe a, a screening, until we can have it, we can expose them to it. Doesn't have to be this way. Let's figure out what you're passionate about. In the same way that we're advocating for individualized learning for the student, we're also saying school leaders, teachers, you can have individualized instruction, you can have individualized administration, individualized policy making, mm-hmm. all around the idea of everything can tie back to your shared mission and vision.
0: Mm-hmm. Well, and because weird, one of the things that we do. Not we, but we as, educa- as a as a system, do a lot of times is you be empathetic. <laughs> we, <laughs> I'm telling you right now, no questions <laughs> asked, we're all going to be empathetic. Okay. Yeah. Which is yeah. not empathetic at all. No. And, and, and there are so many examples of, of things that we're so passionate about but don't even understand it ourselves. You know, there's this, (laughs) I have a, sometime I'll share it with you, Susanna. There's a, there's a picture that I use in my, when I'm talking to teachers and I show them then about, about how, you know, just because we know what something is, doesn't mean we exactly know how to execute it or how it works. And I've got this picture that I found that someone sent me or I found of, Of an acronym that is laminated and put on a wall. Oh, I love this acronym that is is put on a wall in a school of uh and it's like bathroom good bathroom procedures. And and it's like and their 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 mascot is like the cougars or something like that, or the wolves. And and they made this acronym pride of all of these bathroom procedures, you know, for the deal the worst execution of an acronym i've ever like like the first letter is not even in the sentence that they used in the i mean like it is literally hilarious because it's laid out perfect it's got all the logo i mean some the, adult, the longer
1: you look at it the worst it gets
0: oh and i and i really pick it apart the poor person who did it would probably hate my guts if they've ever been around but um but that's but that's part of the deal is we have this idea about what it is and we have this idea that we heard at a conference or we read in a book or we saw on twitter or we we've, we've watched a zoom or we've done something and it's just like we just need to do that we just need to do that and not be really pathetic. know what it is yeah we don't really know what it is and haven't really learned ourselves and dug into it enough to be um to to really to make it do what it's supposed to do or have the impact that it that it has now we're we're closing in. You know, we're, we got about we got about 13 minutes left because we're being very respectful of Susanna's time. She's very very busy. But um, there's a couple of things that that I did want to talk about before uh, before we hop out. And one of those is I do want to talk. I do, Susanna, I want you to share with us a little bit more about the What School Could Be community and kind of. Um, there is a lot of growth right now and a lot of people are coming on board and we're kind of, there's kind of, we're kind of seeing this snowball start to build. And I know that you and I have talked about it and I'm really excited about it and just seeing more and more people and it's more active on Twitter and it's more active in places that we are it's just becoming more of a thing that, that we've already know and love, but kind of tell us where, uh, where it's going and kind of what, what's happening and how people can be a part of the, this amazing community
2: yeah sure well I, I appreciate that and i think you said a lot of it right there in, in terms of connecting but what's great about the what school could be community is that it's free um let's start there ted dentersmith has made this generously possible for everybody and it's safe um nobody's in there that's not related or connected to education so it's a great for me and in, in terms of being able to be a part of the conversation about education that's not going to end up with ads or end up with somebody trying to sell me things or you know that kind of thing that's really important and it's nice also i'm not getting um you know the trolls or requests for weirdness and stuff like it's just a very it's a wonderful respectful community based around education and it's um everything from the neuroscience and the hard-hitting conversations to the project joy which is a whole space just to make sure that everybody is being a little bit happier a little kinder a little gentler in these rough times for educators because it is a rough time um but what's what's amazing about it is that there are um, many different things that you can get out of being in there. Uh, the most important thing you get is connecting with other educators. Mm-hmm. And I think it's re- there's a lot of power in that. And if you are a lone educator out there who does not have your own personalized learning network or some, a community, your own committee of 10, whatever it is, if you feel like you are siloed and it's just you and your classroom and whatever else, you come into this community And you get to connect with other people who probably are thinking about the same things as you they're going home at night and worrying and trying to figure it out and trying to survive and all the things so that's first and foremost the sense of community is wonderful um there are as you well know tons of free resources that exist and live there we have our own innovation playlist and courses that exist which are phenomenal in terms of um quick 20 minute opportunities to watch a little bit of a video ask some questions it's great for bringing together faculty meetings and so we have groups and that are working on that stuff together they can take their time just to do this and that's you know especially at at this time of the year in, in northern hemisphere where people are a little tired like you know what just take your faculty meeting and do stuff on curiosity time or genius hour or mobilizing your community or authentic assessments and some of the things that are caring connected community work there are all kinds of great ways and um, the resources exist so that innovation playlist is our uh, most valued resource there but we also have conversations on a regular basis um, at least a few times a month events and conversations with big names and um, Hmm. leaders in education as well as not just the big names and thinkers because there's a lot of value in that but there's also just incredible power in the more informal discussions um where people can get together think about some of the ideas and learn from each other grab some strategies grab some inspiration whatever it is that they need out of that plus the connection of those conversations so those are main things that i think um make a difference we let um we don't let we hope that people do we we encourage it have people forming groups together so they can use the space to collaborate. So sometimes that's great, especially, you know, right now, there's a lot of time constraints, but so asynchronous work is important and good. And you can use this space for that. You can get into some conversations with your team in and of yourself and have your own space to do some stuff. So we, we host those groups. Um, I did mention some of the courses, but we have courses in collaboration with university of Kentucky, with Arizona state, with, um, great stuff like there's a prescription for project-based learning which is mm-hmm. actually That's not my a prescription fave. i know That's i love my jeff fave. robin right we do book studies at least once a month which has um been incredible we've had all the best authors there's um you know just incredible conversations around things that are happening there's a, a twice monthly Podcast discussion group that gets together and talks about ideas and shares some of that stuff. And so, what's great about the community is you can find all different ways to connect. And for a lot of people, it's just seeing what else is going on and feeling like you're not alone. Even if it's logging on at 10 o'clock at night and scrolling through the feed and seeing like, oh, here's this cool school in um, a, a gentleman that I know just posted from Gianyar in Bali, and you know, like talking about his you know work that's going on. And it's just like, oh man, that's it's so great to see what's happening in the world of education and get ideas from everybody else in addition to that as you well know too we also provide a ton of personalized coaching so our whole thing with what school could be is the small steps to big change right Mm -hmm. so whether you are just looking for one thing you can try on monday or you're looking to transform your whole school we will meet you wherever you are and help you go there i'll help you get the resource that you need for monday or we can also help you sit down and make a big plan and go forth for the whole school year. We can come and come to you and do professional development, do workshops, do coaching. We can do one-on-one conversations on a regular basis. We have amazing educators at, at the ready for everybody who needs something to be able to move forward in education. Um, and we're, you know, we, we do our best to stay in that kind and helpful place. But it doesn't change the fact that we're talking about the hard stuff, too, right? Like, so um, our next game changer that's coming up at the end of this month, I think it's March 29th, is um, the group with the Next Generation for School, uh, I can't remember the acronym, NSG, NGS, se But what they've done is a huge study on um, talking directly to students about COVID. And so that panel discussion is going to be important for us to hear not only what other people are thinking about and where we're at with this, because like it or not, this is something that has changed all of us for forever, especially in education and changed the way we think about it. But it's, we're gonna get to hear what the results are from these students and what are students saying about that stuff, right? So that's what what school could be is. It's it's a place to come together and and it is, I'm glad Chad, you bring up the kind of the word, it's a movement now where it's, it's grown organically and it is all based around everybody sharing You know democratically diplomatically and appropriately but it's 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 sharing
0: yes well um it the 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 movement part of it is is a big deal to me because um famously in in one of his ted talks and and also in in the book that that kate has just released yes um there's the there's this quote that's been attributed to 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 different people uh in, in in history but the quote is that there are people who are, who are immovable. There are people who are movable. And then there are people who move and, and SKR famously, whenever I, I hear his voice say it, and he's like the immovable people are the ones who are just not going to be in for anything. Right. Movable people can, 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 you know, if they're motivated, inspired or whatever, they might do something or whatever. And then there's those that move. And when he said, then after that, he says, and if there's enough of us who move, that's a movement. And if, and then when we have, when the movement is big enough, it's a revolution, which is what we need. And, um, that's a powerful thing to me because I felt like a, 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 a movable person who wanted to move, but didn't know if I was on an Island by myself, didn't know if there were other people who wanted to move with me or, or how I might move or who I might connect with to move. Or even in and what direction. This, well, yeah. And, and this, and this community and the things that, it, that have led you know, the, the people that I've met and the things that I've encountered, I mean, some of those book studies are people that you would have to pay so much money to have time and, and, and with those authors or some of the speakers that, that have been on in the game changers, those people get massive fees to show up someplace to give a talk and just for 30 or 45 minutes. And then for them to just sit and have a casual conversation with some of the biggest names around. And then people like me, who is, got his softball coaching shirt on and I'm about to go stand at a ball field. I mean, like, you know, I'm not some Harvard guy or MIT guy or whatever. I'm somebody who, but what I've learned through all of this is the thing that's different about us is the day to day. There's nothing different about our passion and what our passion is, you know? And, and I've said this kind of tongue in cheek, but the difference in my passion and Ted dinner passion I mean, the difference between the two and him, that the us is where we are in life and, and, and how successful we've been outside. I mean, but we have the same passion. We're the same people. He, he believes what I believe And, and Susanna and Marie. We, the, 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 the synergy of this, like, this is more than just a dream. This is more than just something that, that might could happen. Or if we could get enough people, it's like actually happening.
2: It is right. happening, yeah. And that's it's that's the most important happening. thing about the community is that we are getting to see examples of it happening all over the world. And, and it's it is, so uh, inspiring. It's powerful.
0: Oh, it's so. I mean, it, yeah. you just go. I mean, if you need a shot in the arm of like, <laughs> why do I do this? You hop on there and you watch a video, and you just see people going, "Well, we're we're doing it," and then you're yeah. like, "It can be done." Oh yeah, <laughs> I want to do it too. I want to do it too. Okay, so let's. We we have a couple minutes. Um, I think we, uh, I want to plug, this is something very big that I'm very excited about that's happening next week, next Wednesday. Uh, I don't know. I mean today, I don't know when this, is, I'll probably, we'll probably get this out tomorrow, but on Wednesday, the March the 23rd, right? Yes. Mm-hmm. On March the 23rd. Um, and, and in conjunction with imagine if the imagine if festival that I've been taking part of, and I've about got my, I've, I'm supposed to, sometime next week. I don't know when my deal is going to happen, but it's it's done and it's. We'll drop in the show notes. I, I'm kind of excited about that, but but uh, <laughs> but Susanna and and um, and, and and yes, are go, <laughs> are doing a are doing a what school could be portion of the uh, tell us about that and and because I want we're going to share all of this out and get every make sure everybody knows. Um, I saw in the community today there's a ton of people going and a lot of people think it already happened. It's so funny. It's like, it's like was it recorded? And I'm like, well, it hadn't happened yet, but yeah. you know the way there my a ton of
1: people going. Maybe I'm they so thought they were in fact it. time travelers.
2: Maybe so. Maybe so. But tell yeah,
0: but tell us more about that.
2: Well, yeah, let's first start with the fact that we are so fortunate to be connected with Kate Robinson and um, partner Anthony Dunn, and as she continues on with this work, and um, there will be a book study with Kate and Anthony in um, the What School Could Be community in April, so that's an exciting um, thing to do this, but they have this month-long Imagine If initiative, and so it does happen throughout the month, and Chad, I'm so excited. I, you have to let me know. I, don't, I didn't see where yours is yet, so let me know when it is and when it's happening, but- okay. Our conversation. So Capone Siadi is the executive director of what school could be. And he and I are just gonna jump into a room. We've got some guided questions that we've we've prepared and we're we're ready to go with, but the essential part of it is just imagine if if school wasn't called school anymore, but was called human development and how would we redesign learning and what would it look like to build it from the ground up? How can we meet schools where they are today to infuse imagination as we consider what school could be, right? So this is really, it's gonna be a fun conversation. Yeah, I just looked, there's 40 something people signed up already just from the what school could be community. That doesn't include the Imagine If conference attendees. Right.
0: Um,
2: but But what's cool about it is that we're getting into this space of, Let's take out the boundaries. Let's do exactly what Sir Ken asked us to do all the way through is we've got to just get off the conveyor belt and imagine what is possible. And so, so excited about that conversation. It's happening on the 23rd at... I'm trying to do the math really quickly. It's <laughs> 8 a.m. Hawaii time, which means 2 p.m. on the East Coast, okay. um, which hopefully will mean that we'll be able to have some of our folks from Europe who have been joining in some of the events um, and where Imagine If is based out of be able to attend some of that, too. So it's going to be, I just think, a really fun and interesting conversation where we get to play a little and, and get into the space of the fun of possibility for education, because we know it's not working. We know our teachers and administrators, everybody involved in education is exhausted and frustrated. And we've known for more than two decades that what's happening is not working. And so if we just imagine if.
0: imagine if, and, and I, you know, this is, this is, it's especially exciting for me because as, as I've said, and I feel like what I could do in, in my role in this whole thing is to get more ears we have to have more people here we have to have more awareness we just have to have the talk as many times as we can in as many places as we can so that more people can hear it because there's not been one person not one person in the last year that i have talked to about imagining if or what school could be that has said i think it's good
1: right (laughs) not a single one has said let's just leave it let's just leave it alone it's fine
0: There's not been one person to go, Chad, that is a massive waste of your time. I I mean, that is like, what are you doing? That's the dumbest thing I've ever heard. No, not one person. Every single person says. I don't think
2: people are immovable. I don't think there's even that category. I I think think it's just a question of inspiration and motivation. I think everybody is, is in that category. What I hope education becomes is that most students feel like they are the movers they're the ones going to drive and be excited and bring about new ideas because the they can think of things that we haven't thought of we get stuck in our nose and our you know boundaries and things as we grow older and so if we just keep asking young people you imagine if you tell us and what if and inspire us and move us forward we'll get there and so I think that even the most reluctant teachers to change or administrators to change or anybody who doesn't think that things should change or want to be part of that change it's just a question of finding out what's their access point how do we get to them how do we motivate them how do we inspire them to listen because if they if they're in the classroom they're inspired every day they're just not telling us That's individualized absolutely. inspiration ah, and, and, i love it i'm gonna use that Marie. And, <laughs>
0: and the last obligatory It's all about the conditions. If we can create the right conditions, anything is possible. We
1: can grow
0: anything. Anything We can grow anything that is as unique as it possibly can be if we have the right conditions. And that's what we're working on. Susanna, thank you. Thank you. Thank you for, for accommodating. We had a little bit of a time blunder. You guys don't need to know about that, but she, (laughs) she was very gracious to, to accept the fact that Marie and I don't know how to work a clock or daylight savings time. and uh
2: it's time zone
0: changes it's and okay. we made it and we made, it, it, we made it. it and you know and that's what you do which what you have to deal with when you deal with, deal with people in paradise so um <laughs> but we 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 thank you for coming on it meant a lot to us and we're so excited about where the community is going and what what you're going to do in the community and beyond because you just have this great vision and I love your focus of Of having the student design their own learning is just it's just this i mean like i could think about that a billion different ways and can't wait to explore it more steps
2: or the whole thing oh my goodness you can do it i'll meet you where you are in that process okay well let's let's do that
0: (laughs) um everybody we we thank you for listening uh please share this out we want we want to promote this community and our friends as much as we possibly can and uh, just continue this conversation Um, and, and we'll, uh, Marie take us out, but, uh, just thank you personally, Susanna. I'm, I'm honored to be your friend and I, and I really appreciate you.
2: I feel the same way. Thank you both very much for having me today. This has been an inspirational conversation for me, which is important. (laughs) We love it. We love it. Well, thanks everybody
1: so much for tuning in. Don't forget to check our show notes where we're going to link out the What School Could Be Community as well as the Imagine If Festival that is going on right now. We'd love for you to join in. And then um, Susanna's information on how to get in touch with her through the community will also be there as well. As always, if you have questions or want to connect with us or thoughts about this episode, don't forget you can find our Twitter handles and our email address in the show notes. We appreciate it each of you and we hope that you have come away from this episode a little more inspired on something on what you can do um, small change or big change to make education better for everyone involved so with that thanks everybody we hope you have a great week
0: thanks so much
2: thank you